Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Valves, pretty much a revalve in a box. You can contact, contact them today and you can save money by mentioning Big MX Radio. Same goes for WUSA. You save at least 15% off a brand new set of wheels. Those edge, those edge wheels that they have, unbelievable. They run about $900. How about you saving about $150 off a brand new set of wheels? Uh, and that is, uh, you can do that as many times as you'd like over at WUSA. Talk to John Anderson. Call up Kristen. She's lovely. She's going to save you some money when you mention Big MX Radio. Um, and then also Luxon MX unbelievable triple clamps these things are over engineered to the point where you're actually going to be able to drop your lap times they also look cool and they're going to help your bike feel that much more comfortable when you're ripping those next level lap times i am your host brad gaphardt i'm on all of these podcasts this being episode 937 of the big mx radio podcast which means i've been doing it for way too long but the guy that's with me on the line it's his first time on the podcast but i can tell you this right now he will be a repeat offender mainly because i call the shots some call him heron dane some people call him zach heron zach welcome back welcome to the podcast hey thanks for having me i am super excited to be here it's uh it's been fun listening to it and now i'm really excited to be a part of it hey well thank you for making the time for it uh we know that you had a you have a long drive right now heading off to yet another round of gncc uh you are one of the play 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 announcers uh who break that all down for the viewers at home on racer tv uh but you know what i'm no good with interviews and you're not uh, you're pretty good on the on the microphone yourself so i hand things over to you my friend who the hell is Zach Heron, and why are you talking on my podcast right now? Ooh, okay, we're starting at the beginning. So uh, way back in the day, I was a, I guess you call a racer, grew up racing and riding motocross, uh, loved it. You know, my dad's a racer, he's in the industry as well. Um, but then at about uh, 2012, I got injured and got an opportunity to start doing some broadcasting at my local motocross track. And little did we know what that was going to start, because over the next 10 plus years I would do announcing there in North Carolina for several different tracks. Um, and then most recently the NCMX series, which is the main racing series that goes around North Carolina. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of unique opportunities, a lot of just knowing the right people and taking opportunities when they present themselves. But somehow we found ourselves uh, being one of the announcers for the GNCC series, which obviously probably the most prestigious off-road series in the world, if you ask me. Um, some of the best athletes, two, four wheels, male, female, uh, however you want to look at it. And it's been, without a doubt, one of the most historical seasons so far ever. Uh, we just passed the halfway point. We've got six different winners in six different races. I don't believe that's ever happened before. So I came in just at the right time. Um, as you said earlier, some people know me as Heron Dean. Uh, there's a backstory behind that, and I'm sure we'll get to it. But uh, I'm also a musician, so I play music. On my off weekends, and actually plays some music at several of the races, uh, including Loretta Lynn's last year, um, and a couple of GNCCs coming up this year as well. But yeah, you said it, Brad. I call myself the Zach of all trades. Do a little bit of everything. Um, found out I wasn't fast enough to be any good as a rider, so I decided to just start talking about riders. And I guess that's what we're we're good at now is that we're just professional talkers, right? Well, certainly, and that's why you fit in so well with the Verb Moto crew, and we'll get to that in a second. But there must be an echo in here because um, your introduction to the microphone is my introduction to the microphone. 
2009, I ended up dislocating my left shoulder half a dozen times, uh, one of which happened to be on a Saturday race before the Sunday. Announcer doesn't show up, the announcing sheets are there, microphones plugged in, and I uh, step up onto the scaffold. And I mean, this was scaffolding, this was not an announcing tower. Um, and I spent the next eight hours pre- pretending to do my best impression of a, of a Ralph Shaheen or a, uh, an Art Ekman or uh, heck, even a... Uh, um, uh, uh, Larry Huffman like I just I went in there trying to do my thing and uh, yeah it like some people were like hey you're not terrible at that let's see you try and do it again and um, and, and the rest is sort of history you yourself are a Swiss army knife of entertaining people um, you've, you've got some of your own songs we're actually going to exit this podcast with that um, which uh, which has a tie-in to where we might end up having some fun later on this summer um, but really interesting to see man and, and it's uh, hats off to you for being a little bit of a chameleon as far as dirt bikes go because uh, for those of us that are sort of like brought up in the motocross industry brought up on the motocross track uh, we don't always translate into off-road very seamlessly just because we don't have that uh, like that's the the experience and that background Uh, you you seem to have been able to step into that quite quickly um, get yourself acclimated and uh, if I don't say it myself you do a pretty good job Thank you, man. I, I genuinely appreciate it. And uh, there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to try to do that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is, is I take it really seriously. Um, like you said, growing up racing was awesome. There was definitely the dream was to be uh, the Cooper Webb. Being in North Carolina, I actually grew up with Cooper. Um, I was lapped by him many, many, many times. Um, and so it didn't take very long for me to realize that wasn't going to happen. I actually got to race out at Loretta's in the C-Class. Believe it or not, Mitch Payton was not there with a contract waiting after my third moto. So I uh, kind of started to figure out that I don't think the racing thing was going to work out. Um, but, yeah, it, it's so funny. Mine was my right shoulder blade was broken, and the cast that I was in basically perfectly put the microphone underneath my mouth. And the announcer at that race, I think he needed to go to the bathroom, honestly. And he plopped the microphone in my hand, and he never got it back. So it is so funny the way everything works out. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. You start out just pretending. Uh, Rocket Rob Bitus, who does the Outdoor Nationals, is a good family friend of ours. And that was how it started, was just pretending and mimicking. And then slowly but surely, oh, wait a second, people like when I say this catchphrase or people like when I do this, that, or the other thing. And then you start to develop your own style. But, uh, yeah, there was definitely some difficulties switching over to the off-road side. Um, I didn't get quite as much heads up as I was hoping to get beforehand. Um, That's so, so moto, the by the way. Eating, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's no other way I'd rather have it. I think uh, So I think in the five days before round one, I watched all of the 2022 GNCC series, except maybe the last hour of the final round, um, just because I couldn't quite fit it in as long as those races are. But uh, yeah, I think, as far as being able to sound somewhat like you know what you're talking about, it comes down to doing the work on the on the front side before the race. Um, these athletes and sponsors and everybody in the whole industry puts a lot into these races, whether it's a local North Carolina race or whether it's uh, a GNCC or, or Loretta's or whatever. And so I think you owe it to not only the racers, but the sponsors and the industry people that put so much into making those races so awesome to sound like you know what you're talking about um and and actually you sound like you care that's another thing is is really trying to get the passion that i have for the sport whether it's motocross whether it's off-road 
uh, no matter what it is, I think if you're passionate about it and excited about it, uh, the people will feel that and, and kind of reciprocate it back to you. If you fail to prepare, you have effectively prepared to fail. And uh, and you just hit the, the nail on the head. I think the biggest problem or the biggest uh, issue that the, the listening public have when it comes to announcers or um, like just play-by-play or, or color commentary is that um, when mistakes are made, and honestly, mistakes happen. That's part of evolution. Um, but when those mistakes are made, like all that person hears is this person didn't care enough to know the details, to, to understand the backstory behind it. Um, and I think, honestly, like the, the appreciation is certainly there if you take the time um, to understand the, the storylines behind it, why th- certain things are important, why certain things are not important, um, like what's a storyline to continue like kind of following and what's sort of uh, like the, the audience would probably prefer you to ignore. Um, and that's a learning process that goes along with it. Uh, I got to imagine that uh, it was a baptism by fire. I'm sure you got some a, a bunch of pats on the back as well as probably lit on fire on social media as well oh absolutely yeah the uh the quote that i always grew up saying was ricky carmichael actually said luck is the residue of preparation so you know you make your own luck and what you do beforehand gets you the result that you get afterwards but yeah i it's funny somebody else has asked me about the criticism side of things um and the motorsports world motocross off-road were brutal i mean even me and you, we're brutal when we're commenting oh, yeah. about things. But that's that's exactly what I would look for. And I think this is where the background as a musician actually helps a lot because um, you think it's you think it's embarrassing and difficult to hear that you suck as an announcer. It's really difficult to hear that you suck as a singer. Um, and so I think I've been able to learn over time. Constructive criticism is amazing, and I crave it. And I genuinely ask people on a music side and a broadcasting side. If you hear something that you don't think sounds good or if you think that there's something I can do better, please tell me, send me a message, whatever. But don't just tell me I suck because then I'm not going to take it seriously because, you know, if you're just a hater, whether it's for, for whatever reason, I, they just don't hold a lot of merit to that. And so um, I think that's one of the big things that has helped me right now. Uh, it's not even thick skin. It's just if you're able to give me a genuine complaint, like a perfect example, after round one, I went onto YouTube, I watched the Racer TV broadcast again, and decided I was going to read through the live comments. Whew. And uh, I got a, got a rude awakening. Yeah, it was a, it was a bold move. And, uh, and it was like JHB1100. Yes, that's right. I remember, remember the username. But uh, he told me, he commented, how many times is this guy going to call it a moto? It's called a race. And that, to me, while it was a little snarky, that's a genuine bit of criticism. And I actually went to staff and, and asked, you know, how do you guys, what do you call these races? And primarily, they call them races rather than moto. That, for me, I wasn't upset. I wasn't embarrassed, anything like that. That's a genuine mistake that comes from yeah. basically a decade of motocross racing. But it was an easy, simple fix. And now I give myself crap anytime I call it a moto, even the last round. I called it once a moto and, and wrote it down just to kind of bust on myself. But uh, I think the biggest thing is if people can help you become better, don't be so egotistical and prideful that you're like, no, I do it fine. I do it perfect. You're always improving. There's always a way to sound better. And what might sound great to this person might not sound great to this other person. And sometimes you've got to find the, the happy medium so that everybody walks away understanding the, the race and the sport and relatively happy. 
preach to the choir, man. No, I think there's like almost like a tonality that you can hear in someone's voice, whether they're just basically, like you said, just saying, hey, you suck. Well, it's like, well, that, that's that's not overly helpful. Uh, I appreciate your feedback. But um, versus someone who's genuinely like, all right, I realize this person's going to be doing this for a while. And here's a here's a helpful tidbit that might help them uh, uh, like get rid of a little piece of ear poison that I'm currently not enjoying. Cause like all, all like all things considered, I think, uh, um, th- this job, although like, I think there is a little bit of a natural ability that comes with it. I think you just have to have the personality to, uh, just put your feet to the fire and enjoy that feeling. Um, like pe- people are just, are just happy to hear that there's somebody out there who, uh, takes the time to learn the sport and, uh, and sheds light on it, tells a story. And that's a, that's a strong thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, when you find people that genuinely appreciate it, I mean, myself personally, there was nothing cooler than when the announcer was saying my name. Hopefully it was for good reasons. Sometimes it wasn't, but it was still cool to hear my name said. And so um, I know like at this last race, just in the AM bike race before the pros ever even touched the track, there were over 500 bikes out on track. If you think I am going to be able to say 500 names without making a, sim- a single mistake, <laughs> I, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And so, I think, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Understand you're not going to be perfect. Um, one of the big things that I think a lot of people struggle with is they pause after they make a mistake. If I, you know, if you say a last name incorrectly and then you do the two-second pause afterwards, it's going to – you just made a mistake. It's like compounded. Way more. Absolutely. And, and it's another thing that I think kind of comes from music. If I play the wrong chord and then I just hold on it, well, now it sounds bad for even longer. So I think just being able to roll through it, hey, you know, I made a mistake – don't brush it off if it's something that can be fixed make a mental note of it but sometimes things do happen sometimes you get ahead of yourself and a little tongue-tied um and and yeah i think it's all part of it i sit there and watch guys like you i watch guys like rob bias ralph shaheen and lee diffie you know so many people that come at it from different ways um sure i grew up racing and riding but i'm not a professional to the level where i can say oh well i would have done this or i would have done that um, Johnny Gallagher for the GNCC broadcast, he speaks from a lot of experience. And and I think some people kind of take it almost as ego, and I take it as this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He's got the rap sheet to back it up. And so I'm going to play off of that. We had Zach Osborne in the studio uh, at one of the rounds, and that was another one where I was, especially for me, I was able to ask a lot of questions that the inner motocross racer had as far as what transferred over um, and so I think you got to know everybody's strength. Some announcers are going to have more experience based. Some are going to have a little more uh, just crowd hype and excitement. Um, and I think that's what makes a great team is being able to feed off of one another. Certainly. Every every announcer brings their own mix, whether you're a Wes Kane who's just unbelievable at like bringing the noise uh, and, and generating the excitement around it, or you get someone uh, like you or even like myself who's maybe a little bit more calculated, painting the picture for those at home uh, so that maybe if they're uh, if they close their eyes and, uh, and and listen to either the radio or, or watching uh, or they're maybe they're at the track doing on, on the PA, they can't see the track, but if they can hear it, they're still able to follow along. It's a, it's a skill set. You've cur- you're currently developing it. You're getting better at it, and uh, and you're gonna get some more practice when you finally get to the road that you're uh, the end of the road that you're currently on, heading off to the bre- the next round of GNCC. Ooh, I tell you what, it is not the 13 hour drive up to New York I had, but uh, yeah, about Ooh. a six hour road trip up to New York for round seven. Uh, but I'm super excited. Like I said, 
It's uh, round seven. We've got six winners so far in six rounds. And the guy who won this race the last two years is not one of our six winners. So we have the chance to go seven for seven, uh, which I am almost 100% positive has never happened so far in the XC1 class. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And what better way to spend it than chatting with my favorite new Canadian? Absolutely. Well, we, we were cut from a very similar cloth, my friend, maybe a few years separated in that, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit uh, down the road. But like you yourself getting invited to come out to this event, this is a very serendipitous uh, in the fact that uh, like completely unbeknownst to either one of us, you get invited essentially as like uh, uh, an add on and company for um, Ben Holmquist to come down um, as you guys drove uh, all the way from, was it South Carolina all the way up to New York? Yeah, Ben had a little bit longer of a trip than I did. He was coming from the bottom of South Carolina, so he had done about five hours before he got to me. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's just we talked about being able to take opportunities and, and making connections. So um, I went to college in Charlotte, North Carolina, at UNC Charlotte, and for about two years was able to work uh, with Red Bull North America. So Red Bull, obviously legendary in the sport. Um, as we just saw, Carson Brown now getting picked up. That's pretty sick. It's pretty cool. Um, but absolutely, yeah, super stoked for him. But Red Bull is a, a huge company, especially in the world of action sports. And so Ben was already working for them at the time. We got connected, and both of us rode motorcycles, so we immediately kind of bonded. Um, it's, it's funny. We've actually spent more time together now that we're not in school together, and, and we actually lived together for a brief time, but he was on the road so much with his position at Red Bull. Uh, I, I think I saw him maybe two weeks out of the entire year we shared a, a lease. So um, it's been cool. He's got his uh, his new thing going with Plan of Attack Marketing, and he's been able to work pretty closely with the Verve Moto guys. And uh, it, it was actually really cool. This all kind of started back in January, um, and, and it's so funny to think January 1st, 2023, was not that long ago. But for, for me, the beginning of this year had more question marks than answers. Um, at the time, I was doing a lot more music than announcing. I was primarily just focused on that North Carolina series that I had been doing. Um, and Ben reached out to me, or actually Stu Baylor directly reached out to me about playing music at the Shoals, which is his kind of track training facility, uh, because Bird Moto was doing a shred tour event down there. And talk about, you know, trying to squeeze everything we can. I said something to Stu about possibly needing an announcer. And he said, sure, you know, we're interested in having you. So... Um, little did I know Ben was going to be out there working with Bird Moto. We reconnected when we were out there and had an amazing time. I'm telling you what, uh, you know, West West Williams out there singing Limp Biscuit with me at the at the evening concert. We had a great time. Um, that whole event was was awesome and a, a great introduction to Bird Moto and actually an introduction into the world of off road as well. Because little did I know that would lead to Stu actually saying something to Tim Cotter. Uh, my name getting tossed around and then a couple of weeks later finding out that they were interested in having me join the GNCC team. So it's crazy the way everything kind of feeds into one another. But, yeah, Verbadilla, what what an event. Ben had been working with, with Brent and everybody there at Verb Moto, and he reached out to me a couple months beforehand and, and basically just, just got me hyped up. It was I was just excited. Um, I've seen some of these J-Day events before. I know how exciting they are. Um, and then Unadilla. Need I say more? Like, like Unadilla holds a reputation that speaks for itself. And so I was, I was extremely excited to be able to come up there. Um, 
Ben snagged me on Wednesday. Uh, and, of course, typical Verb Moto style, we couldn't just take a road trip. They had two Surons, for anybody that doesn't know. They're incredible electric motorcycles. Uh, I'm a big boy. I'm a full-size guy, all right? I'm talking, you know, at least 200, maybe 198, if I've really been, been eating my Wheaties correctly here. But, you know, I'm a big boy. And that thing was pulling me around with no problems. Uh, we actually pit stopped really quick there in North Carolina, did a little bit of riding on it, and then uh, later the next night when we finally got to New York, um, we stopped at the Airbnb we were at and started ripping around probably some of the most beautiful countryside I've ever seen. If you guys have never been to New Berlin, New York, um, right around this time of year, it's, it's beautiful. It's luscious green everywhere, roaming hills, um, completely different from the stereotypical New York City that I think a lot of people think about. But we took those electric bikes and rode around, and it was a great time right up until we realized we were no longer on our own property. And uh, <laughs> while we were quiet, we weren't quite quiet enough. So we had to go back to the Airbnb. We got a stern talking to from the neighbor. But uh, <laughs> that was that was night one at Verbadilla for us. Well, you guys got you got yelled at, and uh, and rightfully so, uh, having way too much fun. Um, and yeah, dude, I, I, I spent some time. Better. You should have, uh, but now you do. Uh, I, I do love uh, Brent coming to our rescue the next day, and uh, and and uh, um, although he didn't, he did tell the Airbnb owner that uh, he tore a strip off of uh, of you and Ben. Um, I think there was more laughter involved than uh, than a yelling uh, that happened. Actually, there was none. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, like you guys connecting, uh, like the two opportunities between GNCC and then getting connected with verbs are almost like dueling dragons right now. Um, giving you the opportunity to sort of, uh, get the experience needed as well as, uh, yeah, like kind of stretch your legs as far as, uh, being sort of creative with how you announce, how you entertain people. Um, because especially with a verb event, you're going to get a lot of opportunities to do different things, whether you're, uh, slinging merch, grabbing a megaphone, uh, singing songs. Uh, you did a fair bit of that on the Saturday night, entertaining, uh, the dozens of people that were hanging outside, uh, of the verb tent. And then, uh, as well as, uh, tagging along with me doing some, ver- uh, some, uh, for some vlog content. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's so yeah. cool because I think, that's what makes Verb special, right? It's not the one thing that they do. Verb does a little bit of it all. And for me personally, I came in prepared to just do race commentating. Um, I thought it was going to be a little more suit and tie-esque, if you will. And I was so excited when Brent told me, he was like, no, man, like we want to create an atmosphere. Sorry, I'm driving through a tunnel and I guess people need to honk. Um, Perfect. But yeah, he wanted to create that. Yeah, I guess it's good luck or something. But uh, he wanted to create an atmosphere and an environment that people got excited about. And I think that is something that Verb does so, so well is connect with not just the riders, but their entire family. Like you said, we had so much going on. We gave away God knows how many hundreds of dollars of free merchandise. Um, we had a huge raffle going on. We had the Stasic and electric Hondas, as well as a couple of the Surons set out for people to try out. Um, there were so many smiles around that Verb Moto tent all weekend, uh, from us as employees, from racers, from parents, uh, Sunday morning, obviously the moms were super smiley with the mamosas. Um, but that, you know, that even in itself, that's a perfect example of something that you don't see a lot of people doing, thinking about moms on mothers. Genius decided to grab some flowers throw them up in front of the sign, really, really beautified the whole thing up for us. 
Um, but yeah, and then of course doing the concert as well. Uh, and it's not just me hanging out there. The entire Bird crew was hanging out. We're selling T-shirts. We're playing music. We're singing along. And so yeah, they do it. They do it right. And I think people truly appreciate it. Absolute. And like the, the at some point along the way, uh, it was pro- probably a groggy uh, sat. It was a Friday morning uh, on the load in day. Uh, you and I uh, meet for the very first time. I think actually it was actually it was really funny the way we, we met. I was like, I'm gonna t- like I was like making a, a, a Instagram story post, and you were in the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm gonna meet you in just a sec. <laughs> I go outside to uh, to take a video of, like you said, the absolute... If you could eat the scenery, we wouldn't have been hungry the entire time. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, you and I connected, uh, like, game-recognizing game, two peas in a pod, all those uh, cliches you want to talk about. But, uh, yeah, like, just whether it was... Uh, um, recognizing songs the the moto videos we've watched as kids and stuff like that like we're a little bit different in age i'm 34 you're 25 yep yeah so it's a few few years different but we actually probably started uh in the sport around the same uh year uh like the 2000 roughly um but uh, absolutely hilarious the two of us clicked and uh yeah it was curtains after that we were entertaining some people uh we shared a microphone at some point which uh was about as intimate as you can get when you're on a, on a road trip oh, yeah. with five dudes um yeah it was lots of fun dude and having you along like it was it was really cool to see um like just your skill set and uh, and what you were able to accomplish with that stuff because uh yeah it's not easy whatsoever um but uh verb has this weird way of getting people who sometimes have never met uh work together over a weekend as if they'd been a, a crew for uh, 10 years or so well and it's so funny because beforehand on the trip up there in Homequist is telling me, hey, have you ever checked out this Big MX podcast? And as somebody who had a podcast for a little while on their own, I'm always looking for new ones to listen to um, and hadn't come across it yet. So we listened to probably a good two hours of your podcast. And then I happened to be on LinkedIn and found you on LinkedIn and connected. Didn't really think a whole lot about it because at the time I had no idea you were going to be up there. And then once we get up there, I meet you. We didn't really say a whole lot right at the beginning, but then I picked up just slightly on the accident. And then somebody said that you were big MX. All of a sudden, everything clicks. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. This is the guy I was just listening to yesterday. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, even Brent, even Brent told me he was like, yeah, I wasn't quite sure how that was going to work. Like, you guys were either going to click or you were not going to click. And I'm so glad it worked out the way it did. I think it immediately was like, I think we actually quoted Step Brothers multiple times. We're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> and so, yeah, between knowing – Mini Warriors, that, that's what it is. For anybody that's curious at home, uh, we, have, we have a scary, familiar memory for the, the songs and the scenes of Mini Warriors, as well as the OG Verb Moto videos. And, so, and, and that's what I mean. You and Great Outdoors, boys. too. Uh, oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. I just downloaded Ladyfinger. Uh, somebody posted it. I had been looking for that song since 2003 guys and i finally found it so i'm sure that's going to be on my instagram story by the end of the weekend but uh yeah and that's what i mean for me i'm kind of in that perfect in between where it's like motocross is my life i love it i think it's so cool and i'm obsessed with it and then if you were able to get a good song if you're able to put the right song over the right edit it's just it it all six senses light up for me if that makes sense and i definitely think that's something that drew me towards bird and then yeah. when me and you hit it off, I mean, even when we started karaoke, 
we were all, we were on the same wavelength. We were just clicking, and uh, I'm telling you what, Heron Dean plus one at the next concert. I'm I'm feeling it. Oh, it's it's the Brad Gebhardt experience featuring Heron Dean. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, that, that was one of the things that just really made the, the trip what it was, uh, was being able to connect with you, man. And that's really why I wanted to, to bring you on the show, uh, to talk a little bit about yourself as well as, uh, your announcing the weekend that was, um, and bottom line is like, like you said, we entertained so many people this last weekend, whether we were, uh, out visiting the people, Walking the pits, although I, I would think you would both admit neither one of us went as deep into the pits as we needed to go. If I was to like uh, change anything about the weekend, we needed to like kind of get we needed to get gone and we needed to get into the yeah. fucking like like between between the trailers and, and, and kissing hands, shaking babies, uh, or maybe yeah. that's the other way. Uh, but either way, um, yeah, we needed to do a little bit more of that. But uh, yeah, like the the music, the giveaways, the the Stasic race. Uh, the raffle, uh, like having people like jump for joy as we were throwing keychains at their faces, it was it was it was it was something out of a storybook, um, and and absolutely blew my mind. But uh, yeah, man, like, we need more of that. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I think the next time, uh, you know, they give us a, a couple of uh, granola bars, a couple of bottles of water, a couple of cameras, and they just send us out in the wild, and we just see what we come back with. Because uh, yeah, the back, the deep pits of some of these races i'm talking i'm talking deep in the cut where the where the real the racers are i'm talking the, the ones that know how to do it right on track and they know how to good have a good time off track as well uh that's what we got to go see we got to capture the true environment that surrounds these races because i think i think the people appreciated it i think like i said earlier with the the passion reciprocates these people love what they do uh for a lot of them financially it doesn't make a lot of sense to go and spend the money that they do. So many of these people, even at J-Day, they were like, man, I get to ride one of the most legendary motocross tracks in the world. I get to ride an awesome wood loop. And quite honestly, like, it's just a cool place to be around. But there, it surprised me to see how many people were just happy to be out there. They knew they weren't going to win, and they weren't really trying to. They just wanted to have a good time. Um, and, and I think Verb Moto and, and the entire team i guess that's that's what everybody was wanting to do the videographer was having fun uh spence the the photographer we're having a good time like everybody workers people that are racing everybody's having a good time and i don't think anybody could ask for anything better uh but next time yes i completely agree we're getting down and dirty with we need to hit the streets people of the races yes yes we got to go go down to the action yeah, no, we get a verb on the streets needs to happen uh, in addition to um, Spencer Owens, who uh, that guy just grinds so hard on the photos. He dots his eyes, he crosses his T's, um, and that, that kid is up till 1 o'clock in the morning just, like, taking sips from, well, let's be honest, at that point it would have been, like, mediocrely cold uh, Coors Lights um, and just editing photos so that kids would be able to, uh, post them to his, to their Instagrams the next morning. Uh, the kid absolutely crushed it. Uh, I was blown away with, uh, the professionalism of Brandon Bowling, who was our videographer. Um, basically that is, that guy was as turnkey as you could possibly have. Um, basically just showed up, 
he would just make himself scarce. Uh, he had Wi-Fi up in the announcing tower. Uh, he would do his content, go back there, dump it, and go and rinse, lather, repeat until uh, the the place was um, covered as well as it possibly could be. And then uh, then you had Holmquist uh, making sure that the plan of attack was being executed. It was uh, it was a well-oiled machine, and that's why Brent uh, Brent Stalo was able to to kick back a little bit and just sling some shirts. Dude, it's exactly what I was going to say. And Brandon even said at one point, he's, he's worked with Verb teams many times, and he said very rarely does it ever feel like this where everything is covered and everybody knows what they're doing. And, and like you said, those guys, we got on property, and, and that's the thing that I love about Verb. Verb has a great time. We get fun. We get wild. But nobody, nobody questions whether or not there's going to be good work put out. No matter what happens, we knew – Brandon was going to have some of the most epic video recaps, some of the sickest shots, and was going to make sure they were where they needed to be as soon as they could be. Same thing with Spencer. No matter what happens, no matter you know what he was doing, how crazy things got, you knew the next day not only were the amazing photos he took the day before going to be ready, he was going to be back out there grinding and out. And you talk about having the artistic eye. Uh, I love entertaining. I love getting people hyped up. But to be able to spot the angles and the sunlight and the they're almost predicting the future in the sense of the way they're able to capture these moments where riders are going 30 plus miles an hour they're flying through the air and yet somehow they're able to get that exact moment in time that just captures the raw emotion and, and the incredible i guess adrenaline that surrounds this sport and so those two guys blew me away um been with plan of attack marketing absolutely same thing uh, really just trying to check everything off as far as what the racers and spectators get to see between all the banners, all the flags, all the, the repeaters, all the everything that you guys see. Somebody's got to think that stuff out. And so um, I think Ben trying to take a little stress off of Brent's back, allowed for Brent Sallow, the Brent Sallow that everybody knows from Bird Moto, having genuine interactions with every fan he could. I, I think if yeah. you bought a T-shirt, you pretty much bought it either from you or Brent Sallow. And it's like, hey, that guy is legendary in the sport, if you ask me. Uh, you could probably go up to any of the pros, and they'd be like, yeah, I know who Brent Sallow is. And he's sitting there talking to 50 and 65 riders like they are Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac. So really cool to see. I think if somebody wanted to carry a little chip on their shoulder and say, you know, hey, I'm Brent Sallow, he could, and he chooses not to. He's the most wholesome, down-to-earth, wants to have a good time, and he's another one that just loves the sport and he wants to be around other people that love it too. So, yeah, it, it really clicked, man, a well-oiled machine, um, and, and I think that's why everybody had so much fun, whether it was the workers or the racers. Absolutely, and, and yeah, getting back to, to capturing the right moment uh, on the track, both Brandon and Spencer, you were in that moment. You're really only just talking about them capturing the 30-second board girl. Um, there, there's a whole lot more that goes into it. Oh, yeah. No, they're, it's, uh, they're making sure everybody gets what they need. You know, they got the pitch shot. They got the 30-second girl shot. They got the start shot. Uh, they, they've got it all. And that's, that's another thing that I think is so cool is they don't just capture action. They capture personality and, and actually getting to kind of be behind the scenes and see somebody like Spencer Owens or Brandon Bowling, the way they go into a weekend where they're telling themselves, hey, you know, I obviously I've got to get great racing footage. I've got a great get, you know, great battles, passing, whatever it is, whips, of course. But I also, I want to capture the pits. 
I want to capture the kids getting ice cream. I want to capture people rummaging through the Verve Moto bins looking for their favorite T-shirt. Like, they're able to capture the personality side as well as the racing side as well, um, which to me are totally two totally different sides of photography and videography. You've got the serious, gritty, got to be quick with it, got to be on point with the, with the filming, the racing. And then going through the pits, you kind of never know what you're going to find, and you're just shooting from the hip in the sense of, hey, wow, look at that. That's awesome. Those kids are taking a picture with their mom. Boom. Now they've got an amazing photo that they'll be able to look back on forever saying, hey, you remember that Mother's Day weekend at Fervadilla where we all had a great time? And mom will be like, yeah, I still remember the mimosa. And so, yeah, yeah I still have a headache from those mimosas, uh, which that's another thing that I think needs to go on the road next year. I think we need to be basically like have like a some sort of trailer pulled by the Suron and have those like kind of like a like a meals on wheels, drinks on wheels. Um, like rather than having the women come to us, we, we go to them and just uh, be some town criers, just making sure that everyone get fixed up. Um but yeah, man, so much fun. Uh, I think we have to do it again. I don't think it would be hard to sell uh, Verb on having us go out there again and just running amok, um, just just doing our thing. But uh, um, you yourself also got an opportunity to grab the microphone and uh, and stretch your legs uh, on the, the play-by-play side of things, which is not easy uh, in GNCC, especially from announcing tower where you don't actually get to see a lot of the wooded area. Um, we can talk about how ridiculous the, the wooded trails were. Uh, we rode them on Surons when the, when the track wasn't even really set in. Uh, so the lot, like we were just basically completely guessing on the lines. Um, just basically like taking cues off of the banners or the ribbons around to make sure that we weren't going off course. Um, but tell me a little bit about, uh, JJ McGrath and him handing you the microphone. Uh, like you get that sort of like that feeling in your chest, almost like when you go a little bit too high on the swings, uh, but you're able to, uh, to manage that, uh, speak passionately and, uh, and, and my, and, uh, yeah, take care of business. Uh, it was pretty solid. I was impressed. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those deals. So like I said, I get very nervous for an event as far as being prepared enough. So not really knowing exactly what my responsibilities were going to be coming into this race, I did what I normally do. I kind of panicked and did a bunch of research. So I had the J-Day points pointed out. I had watched the Southwick round one. And so tried somewhat of a knowledge of who's in the sport, who's in the series, who's doing well. Um, that way I somewhat was able to sound like I knew what I was talking about. Now, J.J. McGrath, a uh, big shout out, J.J. at J-Day. He's up there in the Unadilla Tower, and he's he's wreaking havoc on these people. He's making sure nobody's out on the track. He's uh, making sure everybody's doing what they need to do, safe, having a good time. And it was so cool to be able to talk to him. And I think he was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. He didn't quite know who I was. Actually, he didn't know who I was at all. And no. I just kind of walked up and said I was an announcer, and I, I need that microphone that's in your hand. And I give him a, a, a big props and a big thank you because he trusted me. Um, he introduced me right as the leaders were coming into sight on the motocross track, which for me is still where I very much feel home. Uh, I trust my eyes. I trust what I see right in front of me as far as gaps changing, people getting closer, people taking different lines. So it was a great opportunity for me to show what I was capable of doing. Um, and I was really excited to see JJ's face kind of light up when, and almost a sigh of relief when he was like, okay, this kid actually knows what he's talking about. Like, this is good. And so the rest of the weekend, man, I had an open ticket. Anytime I wanted to come up there, we'd chat it up. He was so kind, not only just as far as the broadcasting and, and announcing, just telling me about life, telling me he grew up working in the industry, worked for 
several different companies, has announced several different uh, disciplines within the sport. And so it was cool to see that kind of firsthand knowledge and experience uh, for me as well. But, yeah, you guys even got to see it that last day. I believe it was the 125 Pro Moto. Or, no, I think it actually was the Pro Moto, uh, the final moto of the day. But it's really fun to be able to jump into situations like that where I'm not quite as familiar with the points chase, but, hey, I see what's going on right in front of me. These two guys are locked into a battle. Those other points, those other they don't matter. What matters is what's right in front of them and being the guy that comes across the finish line first. So it was really exciting for me to be able to do all the hype stuff, do all the fun stuff with Bird Moto, uh, but then to be able to jump up in the tower and do some serious race calling at the best of the best as well. It was great to be able to call uh, Channing and Gregoire there in the pro class. They put on a show and made me sound very good by giving me a good race to cover. But definitely always nice to be able to get up in the tower and uh, do, do my thing, I guess. Absolutely no. Those guys make it easy for you when they're uh, they're they're battling tooth and nail. Canning definitely has a lot of time at the uh, at least on the motocross side. He's actually pretty new to off road. Uh, of obviously being a, a New England native who is uh, basically an absolute hired gun for uh, for Southwick. But when it comes to on the motocross track, he's a little bit more adept. But uh, I'm sure he's uh, he's he showed this weekend. He's still got some speed uh, in the woods as well. Um, before we move off of JJ McGrath, you gotta like recount the story of when you first rolled up there because he was making some announcements about kids staying off the track and stuff like that. You get up there, he just turns to you like, "Oh, dude!" So, so for those of you guys that, that were not there in person, uh, the '50s they race first, the, the micro classes, and obviously, if you've never seen Unadilla, it's a very hilly terrain. So, the '50s are going to struggle naturally. Um, and with those 50 races, parents are allowed to go out onto the track, um, and they actually allow spectators out on the track as well so that everybody can help those small riders. But once the 50s are off the track, as with, with any other race that I've been a part of, spectators, parents, basically anybody besides a racer is not allowed out on the track. Well, JJ, and you guys are going to have to bear with me here because we got to go full Yankee with the action. I'm talking big old JJ from JJ, baby. All right. He's up there. He's got the sunglasses on. Here comes little old me. I walk through the door and he's, he's mid breath. And he's, this is probably the hundredth time he said it, but JJ's coming over the mic. Guys, I swear to God, I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to say it. I'm going, going deaf up here. listening to myself talk. We cannot have anybody else out on the track. I swear to God, I'm not trying to be a hard ass here. Don't be mad at me. This is JJ at J day. We just want everybody safe. And then he looks at me like I was about to say something about walking out on track because, quite frankly, I'm not wearing a Unadilla shirt. I just look like some random spectator on the track. And I was about half a second away from getting the full wrath of DJJ McGrath and was like, oh, the announcer, please don't. And he turns the mic off. What do you want? What do you need? And like yeah. I said, I think he was Can a they even hear me down there? The mic. I swear to God, am I coming through clear? Can you hear me out there? I'm so sick and tired of having to tell these people, do not walk on the track. Somebody's going to get hurt out here. And I was like, hey, man, I, I, I stayed off the track. I took the bridge. And so, no, after I think uh, I even actually just to, just to do a little mooching, when he gave me the mic, I even threw a little, hey, guys, we can't be out there on the track. We've got to have everybody safe. And I think that's what did it. I think that's what won him over. Big safety guy. J.J. McGrath was uh, an awesome guy. He even came over to the bird tent later, got him some merchandise as well. Uh, I thought I thought for a second we were going to get that uh, that three-part harmony 
Big Bad Brad, Zach Hun, Heron Dean, and me, JJ McGrath. But, uh, I, honestly, if I don't... have any regret from this last weekend, wasn't just grabbing the microphone from you after you did a couple of laps of that last promo. Um, but uh, yeah, left that opportunity to slip between my fingers. Uh, it'll be it'll it'll be next time when I do exactly that. Just like uh, wrestle the microphone away uh, from your six foot three frame. I think I could probably take you. Um, I, but uh, it, was, it was it was very well growing done. up, Brad. I'm just saying, motorcycles and martial arts. So I mean. Two, two sports I did growing up. Oh, fair enough. Well, I get that uh, Canadian hockey player strength that'll uh, uh, turn you inside out, bud. So don't even fucking worry about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't even come at me, bud. You want a Donnybrook? Yeah. Oh, you want a Tilly? Let's have a Donnybrook, buddy. Like, yeah. don't even start. I'll drop the mitts. I'll turn you inside out. I'll wish you never... Like, do you have a All tough right. friend here, buddy, or what? Um, uh, bitter patter. Bitter patter. Let's get out of here. Here we go. Um... But uh, so you were able to play some music for us. That was awesome. Like I said, we shared the microphone, and then uh, like the the loadout day, I did like I did a, a a piece on this that's out on Verb. I think later today or tomorrow uh, about one night in Bingo, which was like we rolled into Binghamton around midnight, and we hadn't eaten since eight eight a.m. that day. Um, that's basically our own damn fault for not bringing a couple of granola bars along the way, uh, or at least that's certainly my fault. I was I was ill prepared for that. But uh, tell me a little bit about loadout day. Um, you, you're sunburnt. You've been on your feet for the last three days straight. You've been having a blast, but at some point, something's got to give as far as the uh, the energy uh, reserves. Uh, running on empty and also running around the track, picking up track markers. And um, yeah, like still loving every minute of it, but she's a grind, baby. Yeah, I think it's it's those times where you're like, wow, I love what I do. But, man, it would be so great if this next part I could just skip because, <laughs> like I said, there is a lot of a nitty-gritty that goes on, whether it's a Verbadilla event or a GNCC, breaking down, taking the banners, taking the speakers, getting everything cleaned up is, is not fun. Like, let's just say it. Like, even setting up is fun because you're like, oh, my God, this is going to look so sick. There's going to be so many riders. Like, you're excited about the weekend. But, like, breaking down, it's like, man, that was a cool weekend but now I really don't want to pick up these 300 track markers. And so, yeah, it's definitely, everybody did put so much into the weekend. Uh, like we had said earlier, everybody had their role. Everybody had their thing. And I think you can only give everything for so long, if that makes sense. And nobody yeah. wanted to be the guy that, that checked up first. And so everybody was just going, you know, all the way to the wall. They're just giving everything they had. And I think we kind of started to hit empty. Um, like you said, we're cleaning up. Spencer Owens is up in the tower. He was up there until we had to come up and get him. Like, he's grinding out. Uh, Brandon, he grinded out some videos and then came and helped us pick up the rest of the banners. Me and you are running all over. Uh, we're hanging on the back for dear life of the truck trying to pick up banners and track markers and flags and everything else. Um, and, and it's like anything else. Like you said, we're a little, little sunburned, a little, little wind whipped. That, uh, that New Berlin, New York wind was, was wreaking havoc on us. But, uh, yeah, I think by the end of the day, everybody was tired, uh, exhausted. Everybody knew it was a positive weekend. But after a while, man, you just start to get worn out and things start to get on your nerves. And, you know, everybody's just, just kind of ready for a nice hot shower and to go to bed, to be quite honest. Yeah, and that, that hot shower of yours was uh, quite a few miles down the road. You and Ben jump in, five-hour drive ahead of you. The hotel's already booked. You have no choice to get to where you're at. Our story goes, 
we jump in the vehicles. If For those who don't know, most motocross tracks are close to a, just about a whole bunch of nothing uh, on top the of the fact that... The middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of absolute bumfuck nowhere. And so the chanceability of anything decent being available for food on the way out of there is slim to nil. Um, so it was two hours of driving before we found a Dave and Buster's, which is basically a Chuck E. Cheese for adults, for those who don't know what that is. Uh, we roll in there, uh, dehydrated, uh, no food. There were shots to the table immediately, thanks to me, uh, which was immediately a bad decision. And oh, by the way, we got to leave for the airport in four hours. I mean, at that point, you just keep going, right? Yeah, basically, the, the, you just hit the nail on the head. Like the the whole rest of the night is an absolute shambles. Uh, you can read more about that on Verb Moto. What was the, the the drive like for you? Like, was it were you were you and Ben rejuvenated and immediately started to regale each other with stories from the weekend, or was there just radio silence for like at least twenty miles before you're like just like worked up the the energy to be like, so, how's your weekend, bud? There was definitely that long, drawn-out, nothing's on the radio. Like, and we're just staring, just staring down the road. It's, uh, we had, so on the way to Unadilla, we decided to wait before we booked our first hotel room. And that ended up biting us in the butt big time. It was 2.33 o'clock before we checked in uh, to the only hotel that we could find with a room. So we're like, okay, live and learn. We're going to be a little proactive on the way home. We're thinking we're going to get out of there about six o'clock. Ha ha. Not <laughs> we didn't start getting we, we didn't start tearing shit down. Yeah, to yeah. the. Yeah. They're, they're still mid podium by six 30, but regardless, we were handing out time, stickers at, like at seven, at 7 PM. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've got this, got this hotel book. And I mean, at that point, the distance is set. You just got to do it. Um, ben, I, I give him a lot of props. You know, I, I've grown up, I've driven a lot, but just haven't, happened to drive a lot with a trailer behind me and you know he's working directly with verb moto i'm not necessarily trying to go pull the verb rig so ben you know he's tucked in the driver's seat i wasn't going to leave him hanging i'm staying awake but i think that last hour or so that first night we were talking but i don't think we were saying anything if that makes sense like we're basically just noise cueing each other awake just so that we could get to this hotel uh, we've got these electric Honda 50s in the back, in the bed of the truck. There's no room left in the trailer, so we got to roll these things through a Hampton Inn lobby. Then we get in a full-on argument with the person at the front desk because she's so scared that there's going to be oil and gas in it. We had to pull the battery out, show her, you know, we had to put on our, our good face there. You know, welcome to the brand-new Honda Electric 50. Showed it off. She was a big fan by the end of it. But, yeah, uh, yeah that first night was From rough. the makers of Green yeah yeah exactly yeah there was no shots no pinball no games uh i didn't even get a snapchat showing what you guys were doing we didn't even know david busters happened until the next day so uh but i will admit that hot shower and those hampton in beds oh like after a long weekend there are a few things that hit the spot quite like that turn turn the ac up get it nice and cold in there and then we knocked out uh so that was that was five hours down to a brief eight hours to go the next day. Um, and, and it was a long drive, man. We had some, we had some mishaps. We had some issues. Uh, but at the end of the day, we got there. Um, and, and I think no matter what, uh, the big thing that Ben and I both tried to focus on was the overwhelming positive that I think everybody got from, from the weekend. You know, we had 
we had things we wanted to improve on. I think as an announcer, I think Ben is a event planner. I think everybody has things where they're like, Oh yeah, next time I'm going to do this a little different. Um, but I think making sure that everybody stays focused on the fact that thousands of people had an amazing time just because of, of what we were able to do and the effort that we put in there. Um, and, and I mean, I don't want to just shout out bird moto, uh, Ethan and everybody at J day, Jill and everybody yes. at Unadilla. It's, it's a huge effort. And, and I mean, I just, so many people don't realize, I didn't realize even growing up just how many moving parts it takes to put on an event like that. And so I think everybody can hang their hat on a great weekend. Um, it had, it, it had a hiccups, it had upsets. And I honestly, I would have been more scared if it didn't and everything went perfect. Cause then you're almost sitting there like, all right, something's going to happen here. Like it's too perfect. And so I, I think at the end of the day, the, the things that we, the bumps in the road were minor. We were able to adjust. We we're able to move forward. And, uh, I think it, I think it only goes up from here. So, and that's a, that's a pretty high bar to set. No doubt. No, the, the fact, yeah, we, we absolutely, I feel like we really crushed it, but then like, I, I kind of reassessed and like, yeah, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. And, uh, and maybe that would have resulted in that one particular guy with the $5,000, $50,000 rig, um, not rolling out and he's more than he's probably a five hundred thousand dollar rig i was about to say uh, yeah wait a second if that was fifty thousand dollars then yeah no not a chance the guy no. spent probably a quarter mil just on his ability to roll into the track but uh and that guy just giving us the sticker. double birds on the way out that was my that was like it's not a highlight but it does stick out to me uh, back to my original you can't stress the haters right like i mean come on and, and, and me and you both said <laughs> that guy at the raffle no did we see that guy at the concert no did we see that guy hanging out listening to music anything like that all of no. the awesome social interactions no he consumed so, yeah, nothing that we did probably, so no no yeah. jokes that he didn't have a good time like uh, color me yeah, is not surprised sir because yeah you stayed in your little tent like you, you know you've got your little bubble and, and i think that's what verb does they want a community we're not yeah. here just to serve one person. We want this whole group. We're a family. Everybody's a part of it. Everybody loves it. And if you exclude yourself, that's fine. We're going to let you do that. But don't be mad at us because you decided to not come hang out. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. You you got a quite uh, a drive ahead of you. Um, so I'll let you decompress, get back to the road, and maybe uh, and and you've pro- you're probably like uh, needed gas the last uh, uh, four gas stations you drove past. But um, safe to say you will be a repeat offender on the podcast as well as a repeat offender with Verb. Uh, speaking with Brent Stallo earlier this morning, uh, yeah, it's, it really does sound like uh, like I told him that like, dude, anywhere you want me to be. Uh, I need that kid along with me. He's uh, he's my maverick. I'm his goose. Either way, um, oh, we're going to uh, oh, take this on. Oh, he uh, Top Gun on me. Oh, you hit me right in the heart right there. Uh, uh, that was what I needed. Yes, That's sir. A, dude, dude, next karaoke song is Highway to the Danger Zone. Whew. You know, Kenny Loggins? Right. Thank you very much. Oh, oh. That's got to happen. That's got to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I Great said, super proud. Yeah, yes, sir super proud of what we were able to do and and like i said i think we set a super high bar and it's only going to get better from here so very excited to not only work with verb uh but like i said man really excited to meet you uh and we're it's beyond a, a co-working at this point i would i think it's safe to say that, that we're friends uh the shake to my bake and so yeah we're just going to keep on keep on keeping on baby 
Absolutely. You are the magic man. I can be El Diablo. That's enough movie references for this podcast. Zach Heron here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Zach, I'll give you an opportunity to introduce your your song. We're debuting it here on the podcast. And uh, the one you choose will will be the, the exit music for Big MX Radio until you tell me otherwise. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present to you out at the ranch, written by and about a Loretta Lynn's racer. If you've been out there, you'll get it. If you haven't been out there, listen to the words and then start planning your trip because you guys have got to check this out for your own. Brad, thanks for having me on, man. Genuinely, thank you for using my music. And until next time, I'll see you out there. From kids up to grown men Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies hypnotized by the wheel spin Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling Line on the field If you can put it all together three times This one week of Everybody 